Amen, amen. First Samuel, the 30th chapter, and I'm going to read three verses from First Samuel chapter 30. I will begin with verse number 6, reading through verse number 8. Amen. First Samuel chapter 30, beginning with verse number 6. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Everybody say, David encouraged himself. We talked about it last week. Verse 7. And David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Amen. This is the third message in our recovery series. We have been talking to you each Sunday. The first Sunday we talked about conquering small things. Last week we talked about killing what controls you. And this week I want to summarize and wrap this series up with by preaching the last phrase of the eighth verse without fail recover it all without fail recover it all lord we need your help this morning to preach what you have laid up on our heart and put in our spirit i pray today for every heart every mind every life today i pray lord against distractions and i pray god that you would pour your spirit out in this house manifest yourself this morning in the way lord that only you can I pray, God, for your presence and your power to meet with us in a special way. In Jesus' name, let everybody shout amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. David asked the question that perhaps some came here this morning asking. Maybe you weren't physically asking anyone, but you came asking yourselves the question, Shall I even pursue? And shall I even attempt to overtake? I know this is the third message, and but now you ought to be ready to go conquer hell with a water pistol. But uh, sometimes it doesn't happen like that. Sometimes we feel like that the message fell on everybody else's ears and to everybody else's heart. But this morning... Uh, perhaps somebody came in asking the question, shall I recover it all? But I came this morning to remind you that God doesn't just want to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He doesn't just want you to be saved, but He wants to restore everything that the enemy has taken from you. God wants you to not only be healed, but He wants you to be whole. 
God wants you to recover everything that the enemy has taken from you. God wants to give you back the life that sin has taken from you. Somebody may have came in this building this morning discouraged. Maybe you came in you came in under a load, but I came this morning to tell you you can leave here encouraged today. Maybe somebody came bearing a load that was too heavy for you to carry, but you can leave this morning carrying that load by the help of the Lord. Somebody shout amen. Maybe you came in this morning sick. Maybe you came in with sickness in your body, with affliction in your body. Maybe you came in with trouble in your home. I came this morning to tell you that God is the healer and God is the way maker. Somebody shout amen. God doesn't just want you to be healed, but he wants you to recover all. Somebody shout recover it all. In Luke chapter 17, the Bible says that there were 10 lepers and they... Uh, they, they came to the Lord and they were all cleansed. Everybody say they were cleansed. They were all cleansed, but there was one that returned and went back to Jesus. And when he went back to where Jesus was and he told Jesus, thank you for your healing because he returned to give glory to God for the healing. The Lord said, you not only will be cleansed, he said, you will be made whole. He said, where are the other nine? I fear that in the church there are a lot of people that have been touched by the presence and the power of God. But there are very few that truly are made whole. But I want to tell you this morning, by the power of the Lord, you can be made whole. Whatever you have struggled with, whatever you have, you have carried, whatever load you have carried, I want to tell you this morning that like the leper, if you will return this morning and give a sacrifice of praise to the Lord, it doesn't matter what the other 90% does. If there would be about 10% in this room this morning that would say, I'm going to give God glory and give God praise for my healing. I may not be whole yet, but I came this morning to tell you that you can leave here completely whole. In Jesus' name. If the one had not returned and gone back to the Lord, we wouldn't have the story of there being wholeness. There is a difference between being healed and being whole. Being healed is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with being healed. But being whole means that you have recovered everything back that the sickness had taken from you. Everything that the leprosy had taken from the leper, the Lord said, they would be made whole. Leprosy was a disease that would begin with very small, uh, a very small uh, a mark on the body, but it would grow. And because of the, the lack of sensitivity, the leper would lose his sensitivity to uh, everything around him. He could lay his hand on a hot stove and be burned, but he would not feel it because it began by desensitizing his senses. And then 
It would be uh, other things that would happen uh, to the leper's body. They would be disfigured uh, because of the leprosy. Perhaps uh, they would lose portions of their ears or their nose. Uh, They would lose certain uh, attributes of their body. But when this leper came to the Lord, they were considered unclean. But he came to the Lord and the Lord cleansed the ten lepers. They could go back into society. They could go back and pick up where they left off but yet the scars that were connected to that disease they had to bear in their body they had to carry that scar with them anywhere they went people would know they are a cleansed leper they carried in their body the mark of the dreaded disease of leprosy but the one leper found in his heart to return and to go back to Jesus and to say thank you for cleansing me thank you for the opportunity Jesus asked where are the other nine because it's the will of God for everybody who has been touched by the power of God to be made whole it's not his will just to heal you it's not his will just to save you but it's his will for you to recover and get back to what you originally were supposed to be It's the will of God. I wish I had a preaching church this morning. I wish I had some folks this morning that understand that if it wouldn't have been for the mercy of God, you'd have never been healed. But if it hadn't have been that you went back to him to give him some praise and give him some worship, you would have never been made whole. Can I tell you this morning that your wholeness will come through your worship? Your wholeness will come through your worship. You come to the house of the Lord and say, I wonder why that I'm not getting over it. I wonder why that I'm not being made whole. I'll tell you why. Maybe it's because you're not coming back with a heart filled with worship, with a heart filled with thanksgiving, with a heart saying, yes, God, thank you for what you have done in my life. Can I present to you this morning if about 10% of this congregation would get a hold of what I'm already preaching to you today and you would begin to thank God and you would begin to praise God and you would begin to say I'm not where I need to be I'm not where I want to be but thank God I'm not where I used to be if I just worship him a little while there could be a recovery that sweeps over this congregation and there could be some people who are made whole by the power of God come on somebody give the Lord a shout of praise this morning I remember when she came into the church, her name was Sister Denby. She was a sweet lady. And I remember her coming in after that she had been diagnosed with cancer. They had already scheduled her surgery. It was a very aggressive cancer. And she, she, um, she, she came in and she asked for prayer. I remember that service. I remember that night when she came in. She was already very weak in her body. The church gathered around and began to pray for her. My pastor anointed her with oil and laid hands on her. Began to pray for her. 
She was touched. She was blessed. She began to thank God for her healing. And uh, as she began to glorify and magnify the Lord, my pastor stepped to the pulpit and looked at her and said, before you go in for your surgery on Monday, I'm going to tell you that I believe God has done a miracle in your life. When you go in tomorrow, I want you to ask that doctor if he would just do one more test. Before they start the operation, ask for one more test and let that test define what the future is. She went in, Sister Denby went in uh, for surgery the next morning. Everything was scheduled. She went in and asked to speak with a doctor. They were ready to start prepping her for surgery before the doctor came in. The doctor finally came in to where she was and she said, I know I'm here for surgery, but I'm asking you if you would just run one more test. If you would just do one more thing, it frustrated the doctor. He said, we've already ran enough tests. We already know that you have cancer. We already understand what the issues are. There's no reason for you to be afraid. We need to move forward with surgery. But Sister Denby continued to ask, would you just run one more test? He finally agreed to delay and postpone the surgery and to run another test. They took her back and they began to run uh, more tests and they came back out and sent her home and said, "We'll we'll have to call you back in, come back in tomorrow. The next day she came back in and the doctor came in with the test results and he looked at her and he said, I am not sure why, but we ran this additional test and now we are not seeing the same conclusion inclusive test report that we were originally seeing. He said, but your body is showing all the signs of cancer. She looked at him and said, doctor, the Lord has healed me. He started running more tests. The end result was there was no cancer. Sister Denby's body began to come, become stronger because she came back to the house of the Lord and she began to give her testimony. News of it began to travel. Revival broke out because of it. And she gave God glory and her strength came back and she went back to normal living. And Sister Denby lived by the power of God. She was not only healed, but she was made whole by the power of God. I come this morning to tell you, it, no, it isn't only physical healing but God can give you complete recovery in every area of your life he can restore your family this morning he can restore your health this morning he can recover your strength this morning my God is able my God is able my God is able oh somebody give the Lord praise today Maybe somebody came in today saying, I I know God can do it for others, but I'm not sure if He can do it for me. I want to tell you God can do it for you. There is no limit to what my God can do. He is not limited by the things we're limited by. He is not held captive by the things we're held captive by. And He's not afraid of the things we are afraid of. I got to tell you this morning, the enemy can frighten some of us, but God's not frightened by the enemy. God is in control. Why don't you look at two or three people around you and tell them God is in control. God is in control. Regardless what Satan has been telling you, God is in control. God still has the power over everything in this world. God has the power over everything. As a matter of fact, God has power over your will. 
I'll, I'll give you a minute on that one. The only thing that is more powerful than God is your will because God gives you power through your will to be able to reject what God is doing. But if he so minds, God can step beyond your will and can control your will. But he gives you the ability to decide. That's why if you choose, you can override anything God wants to do in your life. But you can't affect my life. (laughs) You can't affect anybody else's life. You can only affect your own life. You can, you can affect your own life, but God has power to do whatever you, if you give him the authority to, to, to take over your life and you yield every part of your life to him and you yield your will and your self-control over to the Lord, I want to tell you that God has power to do anything. The things that are impossible with man are still possible with the Lord. Regardless of what Satan has been telling you, whatever it is in your life, God has the ability to overcome it in your life. God can restore. There is no situation in your life that God cannot restore. We sing a song around here sometimes And I just want to give you the gist of the song, if I may. But your life is not too messed up that the blood of Jesus cannot make it whole and new again. You've never gotten too dirty in sin that the blood of Jesus can't wash you and make you new. The devil tells you you're not worthy, but Jesus Christ makes you worthy by the blood. There's nothing you can do on your own. There's nothing the flesh and blood can do. But the blood of Jesus Christ can make you new again. You can't do it on your own. But you can recover because God says you can recover. I was talking to somebody the other day and, 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 and the conversation regarding the supernatural came up. There has never been a day when the supernatural has ever been so popular as it is today. It was only a few years ago when speaking with other tongues was scoffed at and even laughed at, but now many, many, many people are open to the idea of speaking with other tongues. As a matter of fact, shockingly to many of us this year at the inauguration, there were three of the ministers who spoke or read a prayer at the presidential inauguration believe in speaking with other tongues. That begins to tell you that there is a worldwide acceptance of speaking with other tongues and believing in the supernatural. I was talking to a pastor's wife some time ago She was at a graduating class, a class reunion, uh, and she met up with a lady that she had gone to school with, and that lady had given her a very, very hard time. All of her growing up years, the lady made fun of her all through school, and she had mocked her, and she had ridiculed her, and here she is at a class reunion of, I don't know, say 35, 40 years. And this lady came up to her 
and she apologized to her. And she said, I I want you to know that I'm sorry for all the grief I gave you and for all the fun that I made of you and all the things that I said about you because I have had an understanding. And when I need prayer, I go to a Pentecostal church and I find somebody that knows how to touch heaven to pray for me. I want you to forgive me for all the grief I've given you. I'm telling you, the world is looking for something that is powerful. The world is looking for something that is life-changing. The world is looking for something that is real. They don't come to our services to see, to, to see some, to hear some long dissertation. They don't come to just watch us go through the motions of a formalized service, but they come to an apostolic Pentecostal church because they are expecting to see something happen. Can I tell you one of the worst things that we can possibly do is when we get a house full of visitors is for us to sit on our hands. And for us to withhold our praise. When we have a house full of guests that come, they come expecting us to be what we claim to be. Apostolic Pentecostal. You ought to come in this house with thanksgiving. You ought to come in with praise. You ought to come in lifting up your voice. You ought to come in magnifying the Lord. We need to introduce the world. The city of Frankfurt need to know what the power of the Holy Ghost can really do. We got to be more than just a church with a good music program. We got to be more than just a church that knows how to put on a good drama. We need to be more than just a church that's building a new building. We need to be more than just a church that people come to when they need prayer answered. But we need to be a church that people know that that church has the power of God that is working in every service. They need to know that whatever they're going through, they can get deliverance. I'll never forget that Sunday morning service. I was sitting on the front row right about where Brother Danny's sitting on that Sunday morning. And the worship service was going on. And I remember the back doors opening and him walking in the back door. And he come walking up the front aisle. And he was weeping as he was walking up the aisle. He came up to the front. Everybody knew who he was. They had seen him on the streets. Nobody had brought him that morning. I suppose he had walked. He had gotten there. He was known in our community. He was known to be a man of ill repute. He was known to be a man that would take advantage. He was known to be an alcoholic. He was known to sleep on the city park. He was known to take whatever he could take and get whatever he could get. I'll never remember that, forget that Sunday morning when he walked in. Mr. Lewis walked to the front of that room. He lifted up his hands. There were tears streaming down his face. He began to tremble. Nobody had ever seen such out of him before. I remember when a few of us gathered around him and we began to pray over him. And in the matter of a few minutes he was crying out to the Lord God forgive me forgive me I am nothing but a wretched sinner I'm lost without you I'm on my way to a devil's hell he didn't have a problem admitting where he was and what where he was headed to my pastor came over laid hands on him began to pray over him in a matter of a few minutes he walked in drunk you could smell alcohol on his breath at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning 
but he came in that house and began to repent of his sins. My pastor laid hands on him with tears streaming down his face begging God for forgiveness and there was a change in his countenance and God began to fill him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. That night he came back and his abused wife came walking in the door. She came and sat by him and before she left that night God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. A few days later he came back. His adult son came in with him and was baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost and the whole family began to get saved and before long the whole church was filled up with an extended family by the last name of Lewis today the pastor of the church is the, carries the last name of Lewis because God was able to turn a life around change a heart save to the uttermost God not only saved him but he recovered everything You'd walk in the door. People didn't understand. They wondered who that crazy man was. Mr. Lewis would come into church and as soon as they would start singing, it didn't matter. If they were singing Amazing Grace, there was something happened to him. He would get up and here he would come to the front lifting his hands. He would be crying so profusely that you couldn't understand what he was saying. But he would come lifting his hands, worshiping God, thanking God for his grace and mercy. It didn't matter if we were singing about the coming of the Lord. He may be making a lap around the church. It didn't matter at what point it was. But Mr. Lewis couldn't hold brother Lewis couldn't hold his praise back he would he would come every service and he would thank God because he was about 80 years old when God filled him with a baptism of the Holy Ghost and he lived to be about 90 something years old and during that 10 years he said I gave 80 years to the devil I don't have much to give but I got to give everything I can to the Lord And as a product, he recovered everything that the enemy had taken from him in the first 80 years. I wonder what would happen this morning if some of us would get a revelation and an understanding of what it really means to turn it all over to God and to go back and give him thanks for what he's done. I got a feeling there could be some recovery in the house today. Revival is happening everywhere. Several years ago, I was privileged to preach a national youth conference in Honduras. And one night, God filled 23 with a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Last year, the gentry saw 105 receive the Holy Ghost in Kenya in one service in El Salvador. Last year, there was over 5,000 that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We are living in a day of the great outpouring. I do believe these are the last days. I do believe this is the end time. I do believe this is the great outpouring of the end time. Come on, we got to get on board with it. We've got to get on board with it. God is doing great things. We've got to get on board with it. Great things are happening. Revival is happening. But I fear that while our focus has been on evangelism and growth and great things are happening. I fear that it could be that the enemy has slipped into the very church that we attend. And he's come in unannounced and undetected by many. 
and he has stolen some things and the church has lost some things that rightfully belong to us. In my text this morning, while David and his men were winning victories, fighting battles to the north and winning victories, the enemy came in from the south and captured Ziklag, took all the spoils, killed those who were there or took them hostage and left Ziklag burning. The Amalekites took the spoils as trophies of their victory and they took the women and the children with them or they killed those who resisted and would not go. And David and his men came back from winning battles and winning victories And they came in perhaps in a victory march of sorts. But when they topped the hill and looked into the valley where Ziklag was, they saw all of their living smoldering in the embers of yesterday's blessings. Everything was burned with fire. Their families and their possessions had been taken away. They began to weep, the Bible said, until they had no more power to weep. Some of the men began to speak of stoning David. They picked up stones. We preached about it last week in verse 6. David encouraged himself in the Lord. But the scripture goes on and in verse 8 the Bible says that David was unsure if he even had a chance of a restoration. And so David asked the question, Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake them? What a sad place to be. When someone as powerfully used as David gets to the place where they have to ask God if they ought to even pursue their recovery. Should I just give up and let the enemy run away with everything that belongs to me? Or should I pursue? How many people do you and I know that are there or that have been there? But God answered David and the Lord said, Pursue, David, pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them. For thou shalt surely overtake them. I have a word for somebody this morning. If you will pursue it, God will see to it that you recover it. 
But if you don't pursue it, you'll never have it. Don't blame it on the church. Don't blame it on the pastor. Don't blame it on anybody else. You've got to have the courage to pursue it. Come on, somebody. I need some help this morning. Somebody needs to get the courage to declare I'm going to pursue a recovery. I'm not going to take this lying down. I'm not going to take this sitting down. I'm not going to just accept what's happened to me. I am going to pursue it. Come on, anybody in the house feel like pursuing after everything that the enemy has taken from us? We're on a mission the next 21 days of prayer and fasting. You know what we're doing? We are pursuing it. We are pursuing it. We're going after it. I'm not going to take it. Just allow the enemy to do what he wants to do. But we've got to pursue it. If you will pursue it, you will recover it. And then, give me a minute, and then God answered the question that David didn't even have the faith to ask. Shall I pursue? David said, pursue. And without fail, (laughs) recover it all. Everybody say, without fail. If God says, pursue, and without fail, Recover it all. (laughs) I came to serve the enemy notice today that CLC is on a recovery mission. And by the authority of the word of God, we're going to pursue it. And whatever we, we pursue, we're going to overtake. Whatever we pursue, we're going to overtake. Come on, CLC. What are you pursuing after? What is it you're going after? What does the next 21 days of pursuit look like for you? What is it you're going after? Somebody needs to go after your joy. Somebody needs to go after your praise. Somebody needs to go after. You need to get some things back that the enemy has taken from you. You need to go back. Come on, you've conquered. You've dealt with the small things. You've conquered the big things. Come on, somebody in the house today needs to make up your mind. I am going after everything that the enemy has taken from me. I've lived in this state of depression long enough. I have lived where I am long enough. I made up in my mind in the next 21 days I'm going after everything that the enemy has taken from me. Somebody shout I want it all back. We're on a recovery mission this morning. Devil, you can't have my home. Devil, you can't have my family. Devil, you can't have my health. Devil, you can't have my marriage. Devil, you can't have my praise. You can't have my peace. I'm going after it. I want it all back. I'm willing to pursue after it. Shout, I'll pursue. And by all means, somebody in the house needs to make up your mind, I'm going to overtake it. I know they said that she will never recover from the abusive past, but I came this morning to preach a message of hope to somebody, to tell you it doesn't matter what happened to you, you can overcome it. Doubt is not the final word. God is the final word. I know what they say. 
They say because you were raised in a home like you were raised in, that you're always going to battle with the things you're battling. And the things that have haunted your past are going to haunt your future. I rebuke that in the name of the Lord. Come on, we got to pursue it. We've got to pursue it. You're not going to overcome anything you don't pursue. But if you get the courage this morning to pull yourself up and get up from where you are and declare, I'm going after it, I will pursue it, and by all means, I will overtake it. Thank you for having some courage, Sister Wanda. She's gone through some things. She said, I got to get it back. I got to get it back. Somebody in the house this morning needs to make up your mind. I want it all back. I brought you a word from the Lord a few weeks ago. That I felt the Lord had spoken into my spirit and in its for CLC for this year. This year is the year for recovery and restoration. The Lord said, I will restore the years of the caterpillar, the palmer worm, and the canker worm, and the locust. He said, I'm going to give it all back. And he said, I will cause the former and the latter rain to come down together in the first month. He's saying what is supposed to happen in the first month and what's supposed to happen at the end of the year is all going to come together and it's all going to happen at the first month. Come on, it's January the 22nd. I feel the rain of the Holy Ghost. I feel like God is saying, I'm speaking recovery. I'm speaking restoration into some lives. I want my prayer life back. I want my praise back. Yes. 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 I want it all back. Come on, that thing can't hold you anymore. It's held you long enough. That mess you went through has attacked you and brought you down long enough. You got to get it from where you are and declare, I'm going after it. I want it all back. I want it all back. Come on, somebody lift up your hands and give God a shout of praise. The devil is a liar and he is the father of lies. The devil wants you to think. Let me just get real with you for a minute. He's been speaking in my head too. (laughs) Anybody else with me this morning? That he said you're never going to completely recover from what you just came through in your sickness. He said what you just went through you're never going to be back to where you were. You may as well accept it. You know what I do? I get up every day and pursue it. I get on that treadmill. What are you doing? I'm pursuing it. The devil's trying to tell me I'm never going to get back to where I was. The devil's trying to tell me I'm never going to get as strong as I was. The devil's trying to tell me I'll never be able to do what I used to do. I refute that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.
Come on, you're washed up. You're done with. You need to be set to the side. I rebuke that in the name of the Lord. I'm going to get up from where I am and I'm going to go after it. I'm going to recover from whatever it is. I'll recover from that tragedy. I'll recover from everything that I've been worried about and afraid of. I'll recover from my anxiety. I'll recover from this depression. This is all brought on by the enemy. Come on, somebody make up in your mind. I will pursue it. Stay where you are. Sister Sean, I want you to put up verse 16. I just got to run through this right quick because I want you to get this. And when they brought them down, behold, they were... They were spread abroad, eating and drinking and dancing because of the great spoil that they had taken out of the land, the Philistines and all of Judah. The Amalekites were rejoicing because of what they had taken. But verse 17 says, (laughs) But David, on the word of the Lord, because the Lord said you can overtake them, Pursuing in the name of the Lord. Smote them from twilight to the evening of the next day. Twilight when the sun is going down. Twilight when everything is bad. Twilight just before the sun sets. You see, the enemy don't attack you of a morning. The enemy wants to attack you when it's evening time. Because he knows how many of you know nighttime is the worst time. How many of you know nighttime is the worst time? David battled all through the night. David slew them all through the night. David smote them from twilight even until the evening of the next day. Because when you battle through the night, you'll get up the next morning with victory in your spirit. It may be a struggle through the night. Weeping may endure, but for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. Come on, you've been weeping over it long enough. You ought to just put a hand clap on it. You ought to just put a, put a praise on it. You ought to just start giving God thanks for it. Start declaring it. Start declaring it. Verse 18 says, And David recovered all. Everybody say all. David recovered all. Verse 19 says, (laughs) And there was nothing lacking to them. If you'll pursue after the things you know about, God will give you the things you can't even think of. How many of you want it all back? How many of you want everything the enemy's taken from you? I got to give you one more verse and then we're going to go home. Verse 24. Let's go to verse 24, Sister Shana. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle 
so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. This is what I want you to get. God not only gave David back everything, but when they went back into the city, David said there's some folks that probably can't keep the pace with everybody else. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this few and I'm going to leave you to protect this stuff. And we're going to go back to the city and we're going to tell them everything that God has done and has given us and how this victory has been brought to us. And the scripture said that not only did David receive everything, but even those that tarried by the stuff. What am I saying to you this morning? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. There may be some folks that feel like I can't keep pace with some of these young people. I can't keep pace with some of these with some of these young adults. There may be some that only have the energy to be able to tarry by the stuff. But by the name of the Lord, you're just going to tarry. You may say, I don't have the energy to do much more than pray, Pastor. I can't hang in with the fasting that some of these can do. I can't hang in with the evangelism work that some of these. But I know how to tarry. Do I have any tarrying people in the house? Anybody that knows how to tarry until the victory comes? Anybody that knows how to wait until the victory comes? Come on, I need a tarrying church in the house that says I'll wait on the Lord until revival comes. I'll wait on Him. I'll be faithful to Him. I'll stand by Him until the victory comes. Come on, somebody needs to make up in your mind. I'm going to tarry. And even those who tarry are going to recover everything that the enemies brought. This is for the young and the old. This is for those with energy and those that don't have much energy. It's for whosoever will. But come on somebody we're going to pursue and we're going to overtake it. Right where you are, lift up your hands by the power and authority of the Word of God. I speak recovery into every life. I speak recovery into every person under the sound of my voice. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the things that's haunted them through the midnight hour, the things that they have regretted, and the three things they have fretted over, and the things they have been frustrated with. They're going to walk out today pursuing the victory over them, and by the name of the Lord you are going to give the victory in the next few days in Jesus name now come on somebody lift up your voice in praise lift up your voice in praise lift up your voice in praise hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. Time for God's favor. It's my time to be blessed. Oh, yeah. Now, can I minister to you just for a moment? Cut the music just for a second. 
Let me talk to you just for a minute. We have been right where we are many, many, many times. And let me tell you what just happened. We just went from a point of pursuit about three minutes ago to the point of everybody just clapping along with the music three minutes later. Because the word that I spoke three minutes ago just faded in your mind and we just went to, we're just about to go to McDonald's and then to Pizza Hut. And we start going through the motions. That's not how you pursue. You pursue with your worship. You pursue with your prayer. You pursue with your praise. Here's what we've got to do this morning. We have got to connect with God. I know it's 12 o'clock and I know we have a service coming up at, at, at 2 o'clock and another service at 6 o'clock. But we got time right now for the Lord to do a divine work in our midst. Right now, where we are, we've got to plug in to what God is wanting to do. The Lord is wanting some folks to make up in their mind that I am going to pursue everything the enemy has taken. It's got to come from deep down in your spirit because we're talking about battle. You don't go into a battle hand clapping and pity patting and just acting like everything's nonchalant. What you are declaring this morning is you are declaring war. The Lord said pursue David. That doesn't mean. What that means is, is get out your sword and get ready because you're going to battle. Come on, the next 21 days isn't going to be a little hand clapping, jumping, acting like everything's joyous. There is going to be some battle. We got to go into this thing fighting. We got to go into this thing wanting it. We got to go into this thing with everything we have within us. Come on, anybody now want the victory? Anybody in this house want the victory? Come on, with everything you have within you. I want you to pursue after it. With about 30 seconds of giving God the highest praise you can possibly give Him. Come on, give Him the highest praise you can give Him. Give Him praise until it costs you something. Let your praise usher you into worship. Yeah.